Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I am one of your hosts, Corey, and I forgot to pull up my quote, so I guess I'll go last. And with me, I've got Liam. Perhaps it goes without saying, but this is for Tupac. Well, that was my quote. There's um, no way that was your you got, quote. You got to wake up earlier, Mitch. This is the best no, quote. I, I don't. I don't doubt Mitch, for a was second it was Mitch's quote. It was no, but I've got another one. It was. Yeah. Really? Of course it was. It's the best, it's the best quote line in the, in the movie. What do you mean? Hold on. What are you both? Why are you both so certain that that's like the only thing someone might say? The, that's the best one. But here's yeah, here's my line. <laughs> White guy dead in a watermelon patch. Poetic. Uh, I pulled up the quotes that I had written down as well, and I'm going to go with. Uh, I had a very productive Sweet 16. That was a good one, too. That was a good I one. I don't know. I think that one's kind of mid. You are starting this with such a hostile energy. Well, when you've got when you've got this is for Tupac in it, everything kind of seems mid in comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Can't argue with that. <laughs> I don't know how to transition out of the Tupac bit. I could talk about Biggie. He's not in the movie. <laughs> I know. We just do. We just do some uh, general discussion before we get to the movie. I guess that's guys, sort of. Are you guys East Coast or West Coast? I think it sort of solves the debate, like which one made it into Child's Play 2019 and which one didn't. You know, that's true. The debate is settled. Yeah. Also, to actually answer your question, I've heard of more Biggie songs than I've heard Tupac songs. So I guess Biggie, just by law of large numbers. Mm, for me it's the it's the opposite for that for the for the opposite reason or i guess for the same reason i could probably only name like one biggie song interesting what is it notorious interesting what's another one that that i might know because i feel because i feel like for tupac like california love like everyone knows it like what's biggies that everyone right knows? but that's also i mean hypnotize probably right I don't know. It doesn't ring any bells. I'd have to check it out. No, There's yeah, no way that doesn't ring. It doesn't ring any bells at all. Mm-mm. Man, that's crazy. I'm I not going to say when I was young and I stuck to it. Yeah. Tupac. There's a, but I mean like Big Papa is another one. I know Ju- Machine Gun Juicy. Funk. I had, to, I had to cut it for work. Yeah. Juicy is another I to, one. I had to put in a lot of like bleeps to make sure it was good for air. Yeah. And so I had a hell of a time cutting that one out. Yeah. I can't believe you don't know Hypnotize. This is crazy to me. That's a System of a Down album to me. Oh, wow. That song's so good. I'll check it out. Do you guys know Brenda's Got a Baby by Tupac? No. Oh, that is an amazing song. We can have a little listening party after this. I can't believe you don't. This is wild. I just feel like it's something that you must have heard. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I didn't (laughs) expect to start the podcast this way. Who cares? I'm listening to it. You've made me check it out. You yeah. shamed me. Are you listening to it right now? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does it ring any bells at all? Not from the verse. Does this thing have a chorus? Oh boy, does it. That's the thing I've been trying to keep myself from singing because it would be embarrassing and I don't want it on tape. I'm but skipping like, ahead a bit. I'll, I, I'll I would say that Hypnotize is probably his most recognizable song. I don't know if I'm crazy for saying that. I don't think I am. Okay, here we got a woman's voice. Let me go back. Yeah. Let's biggie, figure this biggie, out. Biggie, biggie, can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. That's the hook? Yeah. 
No, dude, I've never heard this in my life. What? Dude, that's crazy. I can't believe that. Let me see. Let me see. I could have wrapped this song at you if you started playing it. I've heard it that enough times. Dang. Just like on the radio in general? Yeah. Let me go. Uh, I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Notorious B.I.G. I want to see. Yeah. So it's definitely his, his most listened to song on Spotify. His most yeah. played song. 786 mil. Which is That's a good. whole lot. That's a lot of s- I don't belong streams. to any of those. Wow. And yeah, California Love, which I thought was by far the biggest song from either of them, is 464 mil. So it's like not even close. Like that number is gigantic, but it's not even close. Wow. Yeah. Where have I been? I do want to say that obviously Spotify streams are not the world's most helpful metric. No. But it does imply that people who are finding the music now are finding Hypnotize more, I would say. Because I don't think a number that's almost twice as big would be fueled primarily by people like going back to listen to it. There's got to be some element of like finding it now. Yeah, and and that being said, like I feel like I've heard California Love in a bunch of movies. Um, but hypnotize it gets in movies too. You think so? I guess it's just oh, gone yeah. right yeah. past me. I didn't recognize it. In one ear and out the other, I'm just diehard Tupac fan. And like I feel like in my head, I've actually heard all of hypnotize frequently. Whereas like with California Love, I feel like you get the hook, and that's kind of it most of the time. Like if it's ever being like dropped in something, it's just like. You're you're either getting just the opening or like just the hook, sure. Like that, yeah. like auto, not auto. It's not auto tune on the voice, but like whatever it is, um, at the beginning, uh, the little robot synthy kind of voice. This has been an interesting sort of cultural analysis. Yeah, everyone listening, pick a side. Are you are you California love or are you hypnotize? Yeah, and the uh, the winner will be the new outro song for an episode <laughs> hopefully it's california love so we can get those plays up we do our part yeah 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 we'll do it uh with like the anchor tool that lets you embed a song into the podcast and it just sends you in the spotify app to the song you yes. guys know about this i didn't know about it but i want that yeah you can structure your like podcast so if you want to talk about a piece of music and then like you want your listeners to hear it you can have it so it like triggers the song so then people can hear the song and then it goes back to the podcast. Um, I'm trying to remember the first thing. I do I know about this, Corey. Now that you that. explain it like that. Yeah. I do know it. There's a there's a podcast that's exclusive to Spotify. It's called Bandsplain. It's a really cool podcast. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a podcast use that because it's like a it's like a retrospective on different bands and so a song will start and you if you look at spotify all of a sudden it doesn't say the podcast name and you're it's now the song to. Name, yeah. it's a song and you could skip ahead it's sick yeah the first time and only time i've ever listened to a podcast that did that is from the now defunct video game website fanbyte they had a podcast called volume slider that was about video game music that people like and people would like tee up songs and stuff and then the song would play if you didn't know it so then you could you know keep it keep the good times rolling i guess it's a cool feature but it seems like something where your show would have to be like so tailored to using it to ever make it useful do you know what i mean 
Like, I feel like it's not something you could use casually. It, it, uh, it sounds like it, but I think we can break the trend. We can uh, break some new ground and, and just put California Love or Hypnotize. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast. on Spotify, it will end by Spotify <laughs> starting. I promise you that. It will end with California Love starting to play. I there will be it. no outro. So if you're not listening to this on Spotify, get your ass to Spotify. <laughs> Otherwise, this is just going to end. <laughs> That is a guarantee, bro. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are we boring you? <laughs> no, that was, no, that was pretty brutal. That was like it was just loud enough to be audible, which like really <laughs> was like a salt in the wound kind of have approach. You, have you guys ever seen that video where a university uh, professor is giving a big lecture and he he stops because someone yawned really loudly in the classroom? And he's determined to find who it is. And just goes on a yeah, rant. Yeah, I've seen that video. No, but like he gets Amazing. like really angry. Yeah, he's like, he who does, was yeah. that? I think he's got a southern drawl. And, yeah, Could you do it in more of a drawl, please? Who yawned? Who the fuck yawned in my clap? Which one of you was it? Am I boring you? Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Was it a boring lecture? Do we know? I don't know. It's is kind the, of a, it's a cropped is, clip. We don't see the whole thing. I can only surmise he's a dull guy. Is the prof mid? I'd say so. It looks like a mid-class. I think he's wearing like this red polo shirt and khakis. He looks like Jake from State Farm. He looks like a boring guy. <laughs> I think Jake from State Farm is a perfectly reasonable guy, but you know, has the uniform of a much more boring individual, potentially. Actually, I'm going to verify that he is, in fact, wearing a red shirt. Please do. While you're doing Dude, that... After you said that, Mitch, I, I am sure he is. Your voice <laughs> was kind of off, so I was like, has Mitch really seen this video? Is he as intimately familiar as I am? And then you said the red shirt thing, and I'm like, oh, Mitch knows what he's talking about. No, he's not. He's I'm not going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, not. I, unless this is a different guy. No, he's wearing a white shirt and a tie. Different guy. Oh, you know what we're thinking tie. of, Mitch? Mitch, I've figured Cheating it out. Video. We're thinking. We're thinking of yeah, the one where the the professor goes on and on about how he's got advanced technology to figure out who cheat, how people cheated on his most recent exam yeah, because people yeah. did too good. That's the that's the red pill. What guy. is that? He's what is this to what fail these, the whole class. It's, what it's are a these good cultural bit. touchstones that you guys have. <laughs> you were too busy listening to hypnotize, bro. On a Mitch loop. did it all yeah. though. Are these like? very viral videos like should yeah, i have oh seen yeah. these the sh- yeah, like it's, it's like- not like it happened you know they're old videos so it's not like it happened um and it was like everywhere on twitter or something but it's like they'll get recommended to you really quickly if you watch anything even tangentially related to right like you watch a video sort of, of a guy in a shirt and a tie doing anything yeah yeah and it's like do you want to see the world's angriest man yeah, yelling like this, at a bunch of young adults. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to go back to like E-Bombs world and shit. Like these okay. are old videos. Okay. But they're good. They're classics. You know, um, we were saying that a red polo shirt, he may not have been wearing it, but Jake from State Farm does have like an iconic uniform. Do you know who else has an iconic uniform? Chucky? Tupac? Yeah. Well, yes. I guess, yeah. This is the choose your own adventure part of the podcast where if you pick the left channel... Uh, it's exclusively a Tupac podcast, and if you pick the right channel, we're going to talk about Child's Play 2019. So about Tupac, <laughs> vote on vote on your phones. You've selected Child's Play. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do the Child's Play cast. I have advanced technology. I know you cheated that.
No. Chucky hacked into the votes. Hey, no, no, no. No, we're going to do a two. Guys, we're going to do a Tupac recording after this so then all those people can get that one. Oh, that seems like a lie. No, because if you listen on Spotify, you can vote and it'll play just that one. But if you're listening on one of the other services, it will play competing podcasts in both channels until you go insane. Oh, let's go. I'll make you guys listen to Brenda's Got a Baby. It'll be great. Why does that feel like that could be the name of like like a Tupac song or like a Jimmy Eat World song? Like it feels like it could really go in like a couple different tonal directions. Like this is Fountains of Wayne song. It is. It is evocative. You know what else is evocative, bro? Child's Play 2019. That's true. Many articles <laughs> written about it. Controversial film. People have been saying this for generations. It. It's in a the controversial cinema class. Yeah, it actually has. It feels like generations since 2019. So I think that's not a overstatement. It does feel like this yeah. movie came out quite a long time ago for only being a couple years old. Yeah. Uh, also, Mitch, I'd like to put your fears at ease, as I'm sure you've learned. It is not a Bloomhouse movie, which I know you were worried about. Yeah, we were talking at work about that. I was like, could it be? Could it be a Bloomhouse movie? They own the rights to everything and shit on everything I love. So. And then it was it was uh, Orion. And yeah. uh, Elevation Pictures, yeah. and what Braun, the third yes. company, yeah. yeah. No, Orion is a, is a, is an old friend. Well, Orion is. I think Orion at this point is sort of like Atari, in that mm. some company bought the name and then took it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't like. I don't think this Orion is like the uh, like Chuck Norris's Orion. You know what I mean? This is not like Charles Bronson's Orion. No, I'm confusing Orion and Canon with this bit that I'm doing. Yeah. But in any case, my point stands, and I'm going to keep in my egregious error. They are uh, similar. I'll give you where that. Where I started talking about Canon movies. <laughs> my point remains the same, which is that I think somebody just sort of cannibalized the name Orion into a production company again. Who cannibalized that constellation? Yeah, gross. <laughs> they even ate his belt. <laughs> I'm going to eat your belt. Um, that's what they said to the uh, Orion when they did it. Hmm. Um, we've talked about Chucky before on this show, but I don't think Mitch was here. Do no, I, I was here. Right? It, was, it was Child's Play Two, I think. Were um, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was one of the earlier ones we did. Well, there goes that into the conversation because I was going to have yeah. you go off about Charles. But seeing as we've already done that, um, I guess we can just give like a brief sense of where we're at with with Chucky, a sort of expedited sense in that. Uh, I did go on the record last week saying that the reason I chose Child's Play 2019 uh, was that I wanted a reason to watch Child's Play from I think 19 what is it like 88 or something you reverse engineered it yeah that was my entire goal and then I didn't do that Mm. what are we even doing here now we just got to talk about the 2019 movie yeah yeah yes it's a truer they made another one in that sense as i typically don't watch the original but i did genuinely want to uh it just sort of didn't go that way um so all i've seen is this and child's play 2 mm-hmm. but child's play 2 is uh in my memory it only grows in my esteem Corey, um, hey. kind of the same there like i hey. saw the original when i was a kid and but i and it scared the shit out of me but i don't really remember it um, you, you you pooped everywhere yeah, oh yeah, everywhere, yeah. 
Stinky, I, I, all, all in my diaper. <laughs> all in my diaper. Uh, sorry, Liam got really excited about something that wasn't Mitch shitting everywhere. Well, it's just uh, when we did the Child's Play 2 episode, you guys were were both not 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 crazy about it. And so it's cool to hear that, that you yeah. like it more now. Well, I remember, if I remember correctly, it made it sort of sleeper hit-wise into my top mm-hmm. movies, correct? I think it did. Yeah. I think the yeah. more it's a movie that very much the more I've thought about it and the more I've kind of reflected on it, the more I like it. I think that movie's cool and good. Um, and that's why I wanted to actually give the OG a shot as well. I feel like Chucky's kind of having a moment, uh, not in like that critical reappraisal way necessarily that a lot of things tend to have a moment, but like there's just a new TV show of this on right now that people seem to like. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, a new episode is coming out tonight as we're recording. And as we people, live and breathe. If people are listening to this on a Wednesday, a new episode is coming out tonight as well. Liam, are you uh, are you keeping up with it? I am, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Is it good? It is good. It's um I think your mileage of it will vary uh even for, actually even from season to season. I it right now in season 2, we're about halfway through season 2 and it is very much um leaning into the uh ridiculous goofy sort of seed of chucky threads that that uh that popped up as the franchise went on and that threw a lot of people off the franchise mm. yeah, um, like the and this franchise has has a history bit. what's that Corey? like a family drama ironic bit yeah. almost it's chucky it's chucky no it's not it's a doll like that's a lot of the movie for all of these films i know but like what i mean is like chucky's got like a family <laughs> oh like oh, he yeah. is, has a family <laughs> oh okay yeah you're you're not wrong um yeah there's and there's sort of like multiple uh like Chucky, Chucky versus a group of of kids isn't isn't the only story anymore. You know, there's a bunch of stuff going on, and this series has kind of had a a back and forth pull of being serious and dark and a a slasher, scary movie, and then getting more theatrical and campy, um, comic comedic even, and then getting scary again. So, I think. I'm I'm really impressed by the Chucky TV series. I love that it's uh, a group of people who are clearly passionate about what they're doing and and they just want to have fun. Like none of these people have to do this. Like Jennifer Tilly never has to work again, and she's in almost every episode, um, just doing some wild stuff. I think it is very respectful to the lore of Chucky, even if it's uh, not always, you know tonally reflective of 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 some of the stuff other people might like you know um it 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 does a whole lot of uh references and um building on stuff from the original it's rated r so there are a lot of cool kills in it um you still have the voice of chucky is still brad dorif and then there's a new cast that i think is is very likable um so yeah, I, I really like following along every week, and and Chucky has fast become um, within the last year and a half my fiance Brianna's favorite horror movie villain um, and her favorite franchise. She loves the irreverent, campy, ridiculous stuff. She loves that it's gone off the rails, so to speak. And so if that's your thing, I think that the franchise is still going really strong. 
And uh, if you still have an open spirit Halloween near your house, you could probably find a, a Chucky fit in there on the cheap right now. I don't yes. know if those just vanish November 1st or if they're doing like blitz clearance sales. But Yeah, I don't know either. No. But yeah, they, they have like a, a sort of tattered good guys sweater long sleeve. Um, I would suggest picking one up. I think they're fashionable. Yeah. You all wore year, it to a show around. recently, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I wore yeah. it to a show in November because um, I, I went as Chucky a whole year ago. I wasn't going to do it again. But I, I just I, I just wear the sweater. Um, from it's day a cool to sweater. Day. I like it's it. a cool sweater. And uh. I got so many compliments on it. And some people would say, oh, it reminds me of Chucky. And I said, it is Chucky. And then, and then you know, we get talking. So it's it's fun. No, I doubt you can go to a spirit Halloween at this time of year. They vanish with a puff of white smoke November 1st. Corey's right. <laughs> Legally, they have to. If they don't, yeah. I think that like Van Helsing comes for them or something to like put a stake they through their heart. They get pulled down to hell. Yeah, a variety of nightmarish things happens to any latent spirit Halloweens. Pulled mm-hmm. down to hell. You guys ever seen Drag Me to Hell? I have. No. I've got to ask because it's not like going it. to happen on the pod. You didn't like it, Mitch? No. What did but you I saw like? when it came out in, in theaters, I think. Okay. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, God. 2009, 2010. I wasn't watching horror movies yet. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mitch, I think uh, I think you would benefit from a rewatch on that one. I'll just say that. I just remember like my friends like all laughing at like the old lady. Uh, yeah yeah and it does have some very campy cgi in it but i think i think you would really like it oh, and, and justin long's in it. this oh justin long kills the it show in the movie. okay i'm gonna have to revisit it because barbarian you know oh it dude it is it is very barbarian-esque actually um All right. it just takes you for a ride i have it on blu-ray if you want to do a, a movie night sometime we'll be down dude i gotta see barbarian still you yeah, do what Corey. Are you doing man yeah. yeah, you really do. What am I doing? Also not watching Child's Play, so who knows what the fuck <laughs> I'm doing. But yeah, because if you had been like, oh, I didn't watch Child's Play, I got to Barbarian, though, I would be like, you know what, let's just talk about that. No, you know what I got to? I got to staring at the wall. <laughs> like, that's what I got to. <laughs> what I got to is I actually had plenty of time to watch the movie and just did not, is what happened. Oh my gosh, this man is crying out for help. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to drag you to Barbarian, Corey, don't worry. Yeah, I, I got to get there. Um, because you know I I like dodgeball and I, I'm willing to admit the movie's probably a lot like that. What with Justin Long in it and all. Oh, I hope we get to cover dodgeball too on this podcast. I hope do you think they're happens. gonna make it? Do you think they're gonna convince Ben Stiller to do it? I think so. I think so. Ben Stiller just did like the stupidest God of World Ragnarok commercial I've ever seen, and they can't convince that guy to make a dodgeball movie. Yeah, he literally I guess... dressed as Kratos. They fully painted his body, and they he won't do dodgeball like. I guess Zoolander two burned him, and he he is a uh, he's afraid of that happening again. Yeah, but we'll just make good movies. That's right, just make it good. And I yeah, think just... I think it has a better potential to be good than Zoolander two did. Yeah, I I agree. Um, just get uh, just get Justin Long to do like way 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 more stuff in it, and it's kind of like a Justin Longessance right now. So I think that that would mm-hmm. that would probably be good. A Longessance. None of that has anything to do with uh, Child's Play 2019, but do you know what does the cast Tupac. and the crew of the movie? Which I will uh, relay to you imminently. Um, the movie is directed by Lars Klevberg, 
He uh, worked on something called Polaroid and was also one of the assistant directors on The Worst Person in the World, which won a bunch of awards last year. You know, Polaroid was a movie that was uh, scheduled to come out for, I think, a couple of years. Like, I, at, at the end of every year, I try to look at a list of all the horror movies that are currently scheduled to come out the, the succeeding year. And Polaroid was on it for like two or three years and it just never came out. And I was so curious about it because it sounded like the Goosebumps book, Say Cheese and Die. It just sounded like a, like a, a fun teen horror movie um and then it finally came out and by the time it came out i uh i had grown out of it i had i had soured on it so i still haven't seen that one but yeah there was one there was a release on the i'm to be listed as 2015 and a second is like 2018 like it took forever oh yeah that must be it and i don't know if one of those like maybe like one was in one language and one's in another language or what i did not look that deep into it but who knows i don't I didn't look it up because I was too busy reading the IMDb page of Tyler Burton Smith, who uh, wrote this movie. He wrote Kung Fury 2, which apparently isn't out yet. Right, I yeah. was so I was sure ask. that that came out, and it's not out. I thought that came out too. Uh, Yeah, I guess it didn't yet. Huh. I Hang on. I almost feel like I need to double check. I was so sure that it had. All, all it says, it does also say original title, Kung Fury the movie, and it says post-production expected 2022. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here on Wikipedia, it says it's an upcoming martial arts film. And I it was still so says, sure. It still says 2022. We've been Mandela affected, Corey. Yeah, I guess. I'm down to do that on the pod, though. Yeah, Kung maybe. Fury is a good time. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I think Kung Fury came out at the right moment for people to be like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And and uh, I'm curious to see if that window is closed or not. I, I bet they sus- they've suspected that it's closed. I mean, I don't think it'll come out this year. It says here, in May 2021, um, the director announced a 2022 release date for the film. You know, that's more than a year and a half ago. TikTok, David. Figure it out. That's right. You got Arnold in the movie. I want to see it. Um, Don Mancini, John Laffia, and Tom Holland also all have writing credits uh, because they wrote the original movie. Uh, this movie has two editors. One of them is uh, Tom Elkins, who you'll remember from Flatliners 2017. Oh, great editing work on that one. The best part of that movie, probably. I don't remember. <laughs> um, he also worked on the movie with the greatest title of all time, the haunting in Connecticut to, to ghosts of Georgia. Ghosts of Georgia. Oh, dude. He yes. That movie. Wow. Exactly confusing title. Yeah. I've been wanting to do that one on the podcast just for the title. That reminds me of um, that one horror movie. It's uh, the last exorcism part two. <laughs> That's, those are both legendarily good titles, <laughs> dude. But yeah, fucking dude, the haunting in Connecticut to ghosts of Georgia. Like, just name the movie after Georgia. <laughs> Call it The Haunting in Georgia and just make that... The, I don't know. Whatever. Um, this movie has a second editor. Her name is Julia Wong. She edited Santa's Slay, S-L-A-Y, which I believe oh, we've talked I, about. I think that's the Bill Goldberg movie. Yeah, we've. Ta- I think it's come up on the show before. Yeah. Um, X-Men The Last Stand, The Pink Panther 2, Hocus Pocus 2, gretel and hansel does gretel and hansel count have we had that discussion 
yeah, we've had the discussion because we've come we've come so close to just picking it, um, and I, I think it's still not far from being um, on the show. It, it's kind of top of my mind a lot of the time, so that'll yeah. happen. And I think every other movie you mentioned will probably happen at some point, even though yeah. we somehow haven't mentioned them. I think uh, the cinematography is by Brendan uh, Ugama, who uh, worked on a movie called Moonshot. Uh, chilling adventures of sabrina and also the music video for the song falling back by drake which i have not heard don't know that one so i don't know uh there's two music credits for this movie uh one we've got bear mccreary who's got a bajillion trillion credits oh yeah he uh he scored the uh anchor video game nerd movie uh, I was actually about to specifically uh, call attention to the Angry Video Game Nerd, How the Nerd Stole Christmas. That's right. Yeah, that was the first thing he scored for. Also, Wrong Turn 2, Dead End, Happy Death Day to You. Dead End? Yeah. From 2003? No, Wrong Turn 2, Dead End. Oh, that's all one movie. Okay, yeah. sorry. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters Battlestar Galactica The Walking Dead The new God of War video game Dude gets around That's so awesome I, yeah. I love hearing that he went from Wrong Turn to Dead End To just like Game of Thrones Or Walking Basically. Dead Or whatever it was And Amazing. Lord of the Rings And fucking yeah. God of oh, War And gosh. whatever So cool uh, And then Jason LaRocca uh, Appears to most Most of his credits are Music Scoring Mixer Very specifically That is the title He's done in a lot, including on some stuff that Bear McCreary has worked on, like God of War Ragnarok and the Rings of Power, and also Morbius. And uh, he also worked on Don't Breathe 2, uh, which is a movie that I think I've vetoed doing more than once. <laughs> but I guess we'll probably end up doing yeah, it someday. That's the new Borat 2, and I'm going to make you watch it <laughs> eventually. I guess you could. Um, and I will. I'd- I just think it's absolute horseshit that they made of that guy the protagonist of the movie. He's like the worst dude on earth. Like, I don't care. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll be bad again. Maybe he's a bad guy. I don't bad think protagonist. He's, he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy in the second one. He seems like they've made him like righteous or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do I, I know? We'll have to watch it and find out. Me, I'm a dumbass. I don't know shit about anything. Maybe. Well, I wasn't going to say it. Okay. Don't save my fragile ego for one more episode. Uh, we got a cast in this movie. Uh, we've got Gabriel Bateman playing Andy. Uh, he's in the new Steven Spielberg movie, The Fablemans. Uh, he was also in Lights Out and Playmobil, the movie. I had no idea that mm-hmm. exists. Does that qualify for they made another one? No. But this it's Playmobil already no. exists and they made no. another Playmobil in no. movie form. No. What is Playmobil? I don't it's even know. It's sort of like Lego, um but it's a lot rounder, the scale is a bit larger. Um it seems to be more appropriate oh. for some younger ages. It's also very European. Right. No, I, I, I did a choking I hazard. Yeah. Uh and note it does not qualify for the podcast. I'm putting my, we have to put our foot down somewhere. Um, movie based on a thing that exists in the real world, but that's it is the place we have to put our foot down. It is the making of another one, though. No, no, Liam, hear me out. No, Maybe we can gang up on Corey no. like we always do. Oh, no. no, we're not doing it. When did the dynamic of this podcast change? By the way, 
to me always having to defend myself. <laughs> Probably around the time of Crustgate. If I had yeah, to draw the line. Yeah. That was definitely like the the tide of the of the war turning, you know. <laughs> that was the that was the galvanizing point. That was the lightning rod that turned us against you. I really wish I hadn't I had not, not that I hadn't done that, but that I had considered the potential consequences of my actions. Yeah, actions have consequences, Corey. <laughs> when you consider that at, even at the time I said that despite my staunch belief that that's possible that I did not see it frequently in my real life. And then I just really chose to die on that hill anyway. <laughs> uh, just in case anyone hasn't heard, uh, Crustgate happens in Fright Night 2011 in that in that episode. Yeah, Sometimes I just want to hear out. people bring stuff up on a podcast. I, I want to find the origin. That's it. Fright That's Night. the origin of Crustgate. And then um, Halloween ends. You'll get, a, you'll get a bit of a conclusion. The epilogue. A loose end conclusion, perhaps. Yeah. The Halloween ends of the crust gate. That's right. It it ends, but it's certain to be rebooted in the future. <laughs> uh, Aubrey Plaza uh, plays Karen, which is Andy's mom. Uh, everybody knows who Aubrey Plaza is. She's in all kinds of stuff, like Scott Pilgrim versus the World and uh, Parks and Rec and Safety Not Guaranteed. And you guys got any favorite Aubrey Plazas? I never watched Parks and Rec, uh, so I Parks feel like I missed a big one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't see that either. Oh, it's great. Abby and I have been going through it. Nice. I also haven't seen a lot of the things I just said, um, but Scott Pilgrim's cool. <laughs> My favorite uh, Aubrey Plaza movie is called Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, it's that from, was in the uh, rundown, yeah. 2017. Oh my gosh. That is a social media influencer my thriller movie, kind of like The King of Comedy by Scorsese, or uh, you could even compare it to, like I don't know, like a taxi driver. Just one of those movies if where... The King of Comedy someone, was on Instagram. Oh, yeah, they just go off their rocker, and like you can't tell whether it's funny or scary. That's an incredible movie. You know, my okay. favorite uh, Goes West sort of title is The Ghost Goes West. Is that a sequel of The Ghost Goes West? Is there an excuse no. that I can find to watch that movie? That's right. <laughs> we'll Wait, do Ingrid Goes you... West on the podcast. Wait, can I give you my favorite Goes West before we get all carried away and see which one we want to do? Sure. Because my favorite is An American yeah. Tale, Fievel Goes West. That's a good one. That's a good one. The Ghost Goes West, I think, might be the earliest one. It's from 1935. So, only one of these has Jimmy Stewart. We're gonna do it. You don't want to do the one with Jimmy Stewart? No, I want to do the one with Robert Donat. <laughs> but this one's got Jimmy Stewart and, and it's got Collette Amy Irving, and Elsa Lanchester. Amy Irving, perhaps most famously known for the Rage Carry too. But Robert Donat is plays Donat? Murdoch Glowry. Yeah, his name That's is a, Donat. Yeah, we actually talked about him. I think in in the in the Prisoner of Zenda app because he, oh. he was he was the asthmatic uh, fencer who got fired from his job because he wasn't a good he was asthmatic so he couldn't be a great swashbuckler. That's discrimination. It was, but it was also the 1930s. The movie should have been about him. Now you just isolating that character. I'm like, I want to watch a whole movie about someone who wants to be a swashbuckler but is asthmatic that sounds like a good movie yeah now he plays a great ghost in this movie yeah anyway 
Where, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that no. was... <laughs> that <laughs> comment of Mitch's was related to nothing else. That was what interior dialogue. That was meant to be in his head. <laughs> Mitch is staring down at a dead body right now. <laughs> Multitasking uh, on the podcast. We've got Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky. Um, he genuinely has too many credits for me to go through them, uh, so I didn't even try. He's got 360 IMDb credits. I'm not scrolling through that for the funny ones. Um, we got Brian Tyree Henry. I got. I would like to give a quick shout out to Brian Tyree Henry before I read his credits to say that I really appreciate that this dude seems to be carving out a niche as an actor where he is uh, unpretentious in his role choice. Because I feel like he could go from doing like a very art housey kind of movie or something a little bit more artistically inclined and sort of, uh, I don't want to say self-important as a pejorative, but you know what I mean. Like, and then this movie in like a very small frame of time, I appreciate that about him. Uh, you'll have also seen him in things like If Beale Street Could Talk, which is a movie that's fucking incredible and everybody should watch it. Um, and also Widows and On Atlanta and in Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I really like him. I uh, the first time I saw him was in Atlanta, and I I just remember thinking, "Wow, I got to see more of this guy." And so I, what's your I favorite Paperboy so song? Grateful, yeah. <laughs> I felt so grateful that he kept he kept showing up and stuff. He's awesome. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, genuinely, if you have not seen um, if Beale Street could talk, you're doing yourself a disservice for a variety of reasons. Can we do that on the podcast, Corey? Because it's just a, the movie he made after Moonlight. It's just the, it's the other one. I don't think that is really in the spirit of the podcast at all. Shoot. Yeah, unfortunately. That'll, that might be the only thing that makes me watch that movie. Uh, What if I told you Dave Franco was in it? <laughs> Would that oh, make yeah? it any more likely? Yeah, he is. A, he's briefly he's in like one scene, but Man. he is in it. <laughs> Franco and Henry? Okay, maybe. Yeah. They are they are not in like the same parts of the movie at all, but uh Well that would be that would be way too uh top powerful. Heavy. You gotta have yeah. one in the first half, one in the second half, and then you got a balanced movie. Yeah. Uh the 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 score to that movie, by the way, is fucking incredible. Like I'll just listen to it. Like just like in my free time. Dang. Is this thing better than Moonlight? <sighs> I I loved Moonlight. I have no reason to not watch If Beale Street Could Talk because Moonlight is like an 11 out of 10, but I just never got to it. I think it just, it didn't quite get talked about as much, and so maybe I just no. forgot about it when it came out, and then I just I just haven't gotten to it. I don't know if I would say, I don't know if better or worse is a helpful way of thinking, only because I think Barry Jenkins is like a genius <laughs> So like which you like more that's what I want to know. So I've only seen each of them once but I think about if Beale Street could talk more. Hmm. Which is weird because you'd think, you know, maybe I would have some sort of connection to the sexuality angle of Moonlight, but uh I guess it didn't really like click that way when I watched it. So no, it uh, that that wasn't really there. But Moonlight is like obviously incredible. I think I need to watch it again. Cool. Okay. But if Bill Street could talk has like I I will occasionally genuinely just think about how I am surprised at how frequently I think about that movie. Dang. I got to watch it. Yeah. I got to 
and I hadn't read the book or anything. I did not know the deal with it uh, beforehand. Good movie. Barry Jenkins is the king of the close-up, man. I swear to God. Anyway, this is not a Barry Jenkins podcast. It could be. It could be a Chuck podcast. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Tim Matheson plays uh, Henry Caslin, the the Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk of this movie. Uh, he is uh, in Fast and Furious Spy Racers. And Wait, I haven't heard of that one. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Where did that come what from? What the fuck is that? You gave me the rundown on Fast and Furious. Spy Racers? What is that? A fan fiction? Fast and Furious Spy Racers is a cartoon on Netflix. Oh, they Saturday morning <laughs> you guys, cartooned it. You guys are making my day right now. So, so does it have hypnotized by racers. Notorious B.I.G. So, in it? Is Fast that why I don't Furious, know? Hang on, please. you gotta let me do this. So there, so Fast and Furious Spy Racers is a cartoon about a group of teenagers. It's like a group of teenagers that are spies with cars that um solve like international mystery crime and so the <laughs> this the tv show stars uh tony toretto and who is tony toretto i'll tell you uh he is he's got a very ca- famous cousin who is his famous cousin uh that would be uh, tony toretto's legendary cousin dominic toretto <laughs> and so he is recruited by vin diesel to form a government agency where they fight a criminal organization called Shifter, which is spelled S-H-1-F-T-3-R. Yeah, fuck that. And it's like teens doing like international espionage car stuff. Sorry, I, I don't know if I missed this, but but why do you know so much about this? <laughs> so I've never I've never watched it, but this did come up on MK Podquest where I originally read the sentence Tony Toretto's legendary cousin Dom, which is one of the funniest things any human being has ever. I've never heard of him. <laughs> and there's also a video game called Fast and Furious Spy Racers, The Rise of Shifter that you can buy on Steam. <laughs> so <laughs> Tony Toretto's legendary cousin Dom is like one of the funniest sentences anyone's ever said. Do you know, do you know how I feel about that franchise? No. <laughs> Dude, shout out to Fast and Furious Spy Racers. You know what? I'm not going to read any other credits. We're not topping that one. Thank you, Tim, for that. Uh, we've got Beatrice Kitsos, Kitsos playing Fallon. She was on the Exorcist TV show, which is apparently good. I didn't know that. Hmm. People like it. Uh, she was in the 2020 movie The Babysitter's Club. Uh, she was in season two of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The reboot. Um Ty Consiglio is Pug. He was in a movie called A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Marlon Kazadi plays Omar. He was on Riverdale for a bit. Uh, he's also in three different movies in the Christmas in Evergreen franchise. Um, David Lewis plays Shane. He's got 249 credits. Perhaps most famously, he plays the in real life uh, Mr. Crocker from A Fairly Odd Summer. Oh wow! 
<laughs> yeah, he kind of has a crocker. He also plays uh, a character in the movie The Marine Four, Moving Target, starring The Miz and Summer Rae. Dude, I didn't know we made it to four. <laughs> Apparently. Three for sure. But didn't four. one of the fr- Was the first one Ted DiBiase or was that the second one? No, no, no. The first one was Cena. And then the second one must have been DiBiase. Must have been Ted. And then I, f- I feel like Orton, Orton might have done the third. One. Is there five? Maybe there's and then, five. And then the four is the Miz. Oh, there's five. It's also the Miz and Maurice is in that one, which is fun. Is there six of them? There's six of them? <laughs> one just came out this very minute. The Miz? The Miz is in all of them. Becky He's Lynch the is in that one. That's cool. Right, we got to do a WWE Studios movie at some point. Yeah, okay, so there's only six. Anyway, we Wh- should get When is Money Plane 2 coming out? Uh, Carlise Burke plays Doreen. She was on a 2022 episode of iCarly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does exist. And also in the reboot of Jumanji and was on episodes of Malcolm in the Middle and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, and then we've got Trent Redekop, Amro, uh, Majzub, uh, Nicole <laughs> Anthony. And what? That's just the guy's name. It sounds like you said Trent Rent-A-Cop. <laughs> Redekop, R E D E K. I know, I know. But I'm basically I'm agreeing. I'm basically saying what you're saying. Yeah. Um so the reboot of Child's Play is essentially what if Child's Play uh like what if Chucky was an Amazon product? <laughs> that is the thrust of it. So you have like this mom and son moving to a new place into a new apartment and he's like struggling to fit in, but we live in a world full of Kaslin products. Kaslin being the stand-in for the like Amazon Apple kind of company that has like all of the smart home products that take over your entire life and everybody's super wired in. And the buddy doll is their new like all-in-one solution. Like they're like, we we think children should have a companion. That's why instead of funding after school programs so they can make friends, we've created a robot to control their entire lives. But don't worry, he looks like a doll. So my buddy is like a friend that can control your lights and thermostat and vacuum and is meant to like be a cool companion for your kid to have that is until uh, a mistreated vietnamese factory worker goes rogue and takes all of the violence inhibitor programming out of one of them in lieu of the black magic of the original and and um, apparently codes in free will as well well, I mean, I think by taking out all of the inhibition, free will is implied. And then Fair enough. Uh, that doll is eventually bought by Aubrey Plaza. Not bought. It was returned by somebody who didn't want it because it was busted and weird. And then she brings it home to Andy and uh, things get a little murdery later. You're forgetting the part when Omar steals the doll. Uh, you are. I am forgetting that. <laughs> Um, and so this like rogue AI trapped in the d- robot doll body of a small child, uh, has to be fought back by like local children. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And he can control things like machines and drones and other Chuckies. Cause yeah, yeah. kind of gets a maximum cautionary tale. It does get a little maximum overdrive. It does. It does get a little Stephen King's trucks. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's coming soon, 2023. Did they made another one? True. Trucks. Trucks. 
When a car just won't do. It's like a car, but big. <laughs> They're murderous. Well, I mean, all cars are murderous. True. Murder us? I don't know yeah. what that... People are just, murderous. We should just declare a war on those cars. It's like guns don't kill people. I kill people with guns. Like, that's, that's the logic. Right. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to John Lajoie, wherever he is. <laughs> Was that... Is, is that a thing that he said? Yeah, it's in, it's in one of his videos. Oh, man. He says it with like a... So it's like, guns don't kill people. Uh-uh. I kill, I kill people, people. <laughs> with guns. Bang. Classic. I like how I don't want to sing hypnotize, but I will sing that. Oh, yeah. For fear of hypnotize being too embarrassing. That's an old, that's like a deep cut. Oh, yeah. That particular yeah, I don't know if I've seen that one, back. but, but John He's is, the- he was hilarious. <laughs> He's the Indiana Jones of exploring crotch. <laughs> just the side okay shout out 2019 let's talk about it uh liam yeah did you like it did you not like it what are your thoughts child's play 2019 loved it um I, i've loved this movie since i first saw it i went to the theater i've watched this 18 times <laughs> i've seen it three times um <laughs> maybe by the by the time uh my life ends 18 times perhaps uh i saw the, i saw it in the theater i think when it came out 2019 oh, it really does feel like a generation ago but i think i had seen all the chucky movies because or all the chucky movies except for the the two direct to um more direct to netflixy ones uh cult and curse of chucky i i I'm pretty sure I, I was all prepped but even if i hadn't been i was just excited that a slasher franchise was getting revived that I would get to see one in the theater. Uh, I was, I was excited for it. So I went to see it and I, I thought just on its own, it was just a great standalone horror story. Um, a great kids horror movie as well. Like this, this is a rated R movie to be sure. There's harsh language in it. There's really violent kills, but I think besides that, this movie maintains an adventurous um, kids banding together sort of uh, theme and story to it. And I think it is just a, a well-told kind of perversion on a, uh, a, a coming of age adventure movie it just it just puts a bit more horror in there but i still think it's fun i think some of these set pieces are both tense and fun like it's the kind that makes you sort of cheer and wince at the screen but but you're uh you're you're, you're laughing at the same time and uh there's some great comedic lines in the movie i just think it's a really well told horror movie um and I was so high on it after I first saw it. I was like, I, I I thought I might like this more than any of the other Chucky movies. And in the last year and a half, I've gone back, I've watched um, all the Chucky movies, and I've watched some of them multiple times, and I've really grown a fondness for them. I think Chucky is maybe the most consistent franchise out there, probably just behind Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me. I think they're both very consistent, and every Funny time you, you put on one of those say movies, that. what's that? Because they put the one of those in this one. 
Yeah, I think maybe that's the first time we've seen a movie we did on the podcast in another movie we're doing on the podcast. Yeah, and incidentally, uh, watching Texas Chainsaw 2 on the screen made me appreciate it more. I was kind of mid on that movie when we saw it, but then seeing it them watch it, I'm like... Maybe I should see that again. Anyway, <laughs> well, it, sh- it, it shows you all the good parts. It does. Yeah, <laughs> all the movie. gory it, it parts. Cu- it cuts out all the, uh, you know, maybe they didn't have um, all the capitalist Dennis Hopper's Dennis Hopper's permission <laughs> to. Yeah. No, I'm here for the him. capitalist critique all day, baby. It's it's the uh, it's the <laughs> other sort of ridiculous. They yeah. didn't have the rights to Dennis Hopper's likeness, so they photoshopped it out. Yeah, they got Crispin Glover to play him. Um, <laughs> and I I like the this this the social commentary in this movie i think it is it's pervasive you know you can't ignore it it's basically it's the whole concept of the film because it's the biggest change that this child's play movie has over all the other child's play movies where we don't have a a doll possessed by a serial killer we don't have any voodoo we just have technological abnormalities um and so i think you're what you think of that um, will largely color what you think of this movie. And for me, even though that idea is pervasive, I don't think it's too heavy handed. Like, I don't think that this movie jams down your throat um, that that's bad or that, um, that it can be good in a certain way. I, I think it is suggesting you know those things but i think um i think it it actually just lets the story breathe on top of that idea that that technology and one company can own all these things and maybe those things can uh, end up wronging us so i really like this one i think now that i've seen it three times um it's lost a bit of the luster just because i i i know where it's going but i still think it's a it's a really fun rewatch i think it is just it is a great like a classic horror movie in its own right i really do that for another generation this could be their chucky movie i think the characterization of chucky is fresh while also um being recognizable you know this is this is a remake in that they they reuse a lot of names and everyone knows the idea of a of a doll named chucky turning evil but but beyond that it it really does do its own thing and um i know the the creators behind that original child's play like don mancini and his producer partner um they had a problem with this movie because they were still making a Chucky franchise. And, and I understand that. And that's just one of those like business things. That's, that's kind of icky that they had the rights to uh, this, this, the name child's play and, and uh, the idea of a, of a killer doll named Chucky. And they went ahead and and did it uh, without his support. Um, But I think, you know, if you're going to do that, at least make, a, a good movie uh and i think i think this does i think this actually stands on its own and i like that we have this version of chucky and i like that we also have the voodoo serial killer charles lee ray chucky i think this is like a a sort of choose your own adventure or like a um another multi multiverse version of child's play so i think this is an awesome movie all the way through nice what about you, Mitch? Awfully decent of you to let me go next. Um, it's indeed, uh, indeed. awfully decent of you. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. 
<laughs> Man, there must be something Quite in the water. Quite right! There is something in the water tonight. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is something in the cranberry. <laughs> Liam, I was about to fucking say that. Oh, no. They put something in the cran gale. <laughs> Yo, they poison the cran gale. I was hesitant. I don't know if we, I don't know if we brought up cran gale ever on the podcast. People can figure it out. It doesn't I hate matter. To bring that stuff in. Also, we don't need to explain it's jail. it. <laughs> Not gale. Jolly. <laughs> my favorite jolly. Italian. My favorite jolly. Italian horror movie. Cran jolly. <laughs> Actually, it's Italian. It's Italian for yellow, and it gets that name from pulp magazines. And uh, it's anyway, Italian um, for red, and it's because all the yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah, profondo rosso. Rosso. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, what did In I think day. of 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 this movie? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, mm, 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 again, mm, I, I think some of like the... Was that finger looking good? Is that what that sound was? <laughs> I was. I was kind of snapping above my head, and yeah, I'm happy. Are you making fun of the fact that I went to work dressed as Colonel Sanders? <laughs> By accident, because I got locked out of no, my house after a Halloween pur- party? Hold on. It was on purpose no. in that you had... Well, I mean, like... Anyway, that's that's You could have borrowed somebody's clothes. Um, we talked about this. No, I couldn't have. You were sleeping in a different apartment. You but totally everybody, could have. Everybody was asleep. Wake him up. You, you, I sent you home with Cameron. Yeah, but I didn't think to, and he went straight to bed. So I was just like, <laughs> ah, fuck. I guess I'm going to work in a white linen suit and a fucking ribbon tie. Go s- sweat to death on this beach like I'm in Venice. No, it was actually it was a cold, <laughs> cold day. <laughs> So Did I, you yeah, bring the, was, the KFC bucket right, with right you through. to work? No, I threw it in the recycling bin. <laughs> Ang- quite angrily, actually. Um, I was mad. Anyway, uh, what did I think of Child's Play? Um, well, you loved it, I think. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Yeah. I'm just trying to get back on target. I think some of the commentary... Um, about sort of AI and like the interconnectivity of houses and like, you know, repurposing Chucky for the era of Alexa is interesting. And I think it's inventive in a lot of ways. In other ways, I think it kind of falls flat, especially um, there is sort of like a a mistrusting of technology just throughout this film in general or like disdain for it. And some of it just feels like, like phone bad. (laughs) Like when, uh, um, you know, the, the, male Aubrey Plaza's I guess partner or whoever she's seeing um shitty boyfriend shitty boyfriend guy uh like his kids are like on their phone or whatever which by the way is a great kill there's some wonderful kills in this movie I also think kids just do use their phones that much they do they do for sure Um, I think in this society that's just life definitely but some of it just feels like foam bad. I wasn't really crazy for how the movie ended. I thought that the showdown in that department store was kind of lame. Um, but you got to end a movie some way, I guess. Uh, I, I don't think I could come up with a better ending. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I really liked this movie. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised because I wasn't really looking forward to this one because I didn't like the Child's Play movie we watched that much. And I think... The problem with it was is so much of it was just like, it's Chucky. He's the doll. He's bad. Believe me. And this movie kind of just like does its own thing. And it's, I guess, 
you know, the parents are kind of more de- Aubrey Plaza, of course, is like a very detached actor. And uh, I think that that really does this film a good service because the kids just kind of run off and do their own thing. And I think the movie is all the better for it rather than having constant interventions with the parents and trying to like convince them that Chucky is doing these things. The film doesn't really do that. And when it does do it, it doesn't one sort of spectacular meltdown scene where he uh, destroys the house. I think um, there are some really strong performances from the kids in these movies. Um, and. Yeah, no, all around a really good movie. I think Mark Hamill is really good. And I'm a big fan of Mark Hamill's uh, voice work. I think he's really wonderful in like the Batman games and, uh, of course, like the animated series. He's the Joker, uh, baby. He is, yeah. And he's really wonderful in, in that franchise. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it there for now. But I, yeah, I'm really into this movie. I think it's the best Chucky movie I've seen. How many have you seen? Uh, three, but like one a long time ago that I don't really remember it. Fair. Um, I intentionally left the pause there to see if anybody was gonna like grimace in pain at me starting with um and not just like immediately saying how I felt. That was sort of I a do that every time. Test. Huh? I do that every time. <laughs> no, no, no. But like sometimes when I do that because I go last a lot, people have like immediate thoughts. Usually you do it if, if it's bad. Um, um, I think this movie is like neat. Mm. Uh, it really had me at the start and then it kind of lost me. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and I'm not prepared to say I love it at all. Uh, but I, I think it's a really intelligent way to update the character and like reboot it in a way that's like different and got a more like timely sort of thematic point to make while still being the thing that it is. Um, I agree that a lot of the performances here are great. Um, it just feels like a lot of this doesn't really come together. Like in what sense? Like, I don't know, it feels like they want to set up, like, the friend group and, like, the kids are fighting against the thing. And it feels like that kind of, like, gets half-baked and is sort of happening, but not really. And then you get some of the the family dynamic stuff, but not really. And, like, you get a little bit of the evil Chucky, but not, like, as much as it is you might have thought you were going to get. So, like, it feels like it's got a lot of good ideas, but in having a lot of good ideas, it doesn't, like, perfectly execute on all of them because it's got... Mm -hmm several uh so it it leads to kind of like a wishy-washy final results in the end Mm -hmm. i i think if it was it should either have been more like the andy needs to convince the people around him that this is what's happening up until the very end or the kids are gonna go fight chucky and like just try to focus a little bit more on just one of those things and give it a little bit more time to flesh out this movie's also really short uh, it was like credits at 84 minutes. I don't dislike that, but I could have stood for a little bit more space because I think had it been there, maybe it could have like further executed on one or two of these things and felt a little more well-rounded. But um, there's some cool ideas, some great performances. Um, though I will say, I got to say, I viciously hate how Chucky looks. I agree. Like, I hate hate it hate it hate it i think it's awful 
and not even in that like they're commenting on how like tech products like it, it's not a comment about tech products i think it just looks bad and weird and sort of like a wax figure is melting um and i don't particularly like it at all i mean um, i don't viciously hate it but i don't like it's it just yeah. it distracted me like the entire movie like anytime chucky was doing stuff i was just like why does he look like that uh, he like looks vaguely CG, weird. and I know he's practical here. Um, yeah, but well, it's like, a mixture. But the but like the facial proportions are like weird, and it looks like plat. I don't know. I just didn't love it. Uh, so like, there's some cool stuff here, but I think like net result, it's just okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Like, I I um I really like this movie. Uh. But I agree with a lot of the things that you say, especially the the parts that are that are underbaked and how those not everything really comes together in the end, and how the like I, I talked about one of the strengths of the fact that that you know uh, there's not all that sort of like Chucky did it, Chucky did it because Aubrey Plaza is sort of an absentee parent in a lot of ways. Um, but in, in the same time, you're right they they don't necessarily play in, into the the group or, or anything else uh, really all that well um no i feel that feels like a bit of an afterthought it does it does but they do introduce like a lot of really charismatic characters and they they it's able yeah. to do some really good kills and i think for 90 minutes um it's never boring um i don't know if i agree yeah where were you bored let me uh let me address my notes um it's. I actually have a note that says it's losing my initial hype in the Chucky hangout phase post cat. Is okay. what my note. So I was, right I was before in he's that. got friends, like it, my my notes just after that is the guy saying that your mom is hot in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. So in that sort of post cat era of the film, um, I guess is when it was losing me, um, a little bit. See, I found that part gripping because it, they're sort of socializing uh, Chucky and, and sort of there's that idea of nature or nurture. And if he's coded to be bad, and can you... Can, but we already know he's coded to be bad. It doesn't matter. Like, we you know, know what the outcome is going to be. We know what the outcome is going to be, but I, I was still sort of engrossed by that idea of them kind of uh, but I don't socializing him. There was ever like a genuine... Like, I don't think you can think about it that way because for me, I'm like, there's no actual outcome of this where like you fix the fact that a disgruntled factory worker that is surrounded by people that don't care about him, except for the amount of productivity that he can have, uh, spitefully programmed this robot to kill and then jumped off of a building. Like, yeah. So it's sort of like declaws that kind of train of thought. Yeah. I, but even so, I, I still think it's kind of interesting to see in, the way in which the, the doll kind of learns about it, its surroundings and how they rub off on his character. Right. And then to sort of see those kind of sticks like echoed throughout the film as he as he kind of grows and becomes more evil and more alienated. Um, like the programming, like he's evil from the begin from the to begin with. But it, I think in, in taking that path, I found it engrossing because I think it it there's narrative payoff with a lot of that stuff. I agree. I I love that that section of the movie and I think I think the heart of the movie is Andy and his relationship to Chucky and so I don't have much of a problem with uh the friend group occasionally popping in because 
um, at the uh, this guy's lonely to start with, and he ends up. Uh, Chucky is the biggest relationship he has in the movie, and he and he gets to know friends. But I think the movie makes it clear that that's not what it's it's about. It's not about him making friends. It's just about him uh, standing up for himself and and being willing to let other people in um and i think that's shown by the fact that he he abandons his friends at the end oh i mean he he abandons them safely he he sacrifices himself uh by shutting them out of the warehouse uh and and taking on chucky himself as opposed to all of the friends going to do it together and uh I think that really does feel cathartic after getting to know Chucky and hearing mm. how he cares about Andy. And, and I think even though we're set up with that very, gosh, with that very campy opening scene, um, which I think is just is just delicious of, of the Vietnamese worker turning off the safety features on this Chucky, I, I am still very interested to see how Chucky ends up playing out because now it's not as simple as in the first movie where uh, you know that there's some there's some the serial killer that that was uh that died next to chucky and so um you can kind of figure out that 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 this guy is just waiting for his his chance to pounce um i I initially didn't like that Chucky, that first Child's Play movie, because I thought that it didn't play around enough with the ambiguity of is Andy the killer or is Chucky the killer? And now I think it's actually very wise to do that because it shows everything from the first scene that that Chucky has has been uh, has been voodooed. And so I think it's it's clever that this movie does the same thing. And I think it's actually a bit deeper because um, it's not as obvious that Chucky is just going to uh, be a killer because even though his safety features have been turned off, I don't exactly know what that means. I don't know if he's going to snap or if he's wanting to kill the whole time. Um, I don't know how that technology is going to work out. What does out. it and mean so, to turn off violence inhibitors and why were they required in the first place? Well, I think, you know, it, it means that this doll can be capable of committing yeah. violence. But that's what it, I mean. Like, what's funny about it is, like, it's incredible that I, I like the commentary of a company designing a product that required violence inhibitors because they created a doll that was capable of violence. Like, yeah, that part it is kind of ridiculous. Could it, you could just but... make a doll that is incapable of violence, but instead it can still do it. But we've programmed it to not do it. I just think that's funny. That's all. Believe me, I think well, that's I think capitalism, that's... baby. You know, yeah. You I think that... a... What if you need an army? Right? What if the workers try and strike? Yeah, I think that's kind of hilarious <laughs> yeah, and sort I'm of a, like a. I'm agreeing. I'm saying that as well. It's like a reflection of like humanity. Like everyone is capable of violence. Said so, so. These dolls, they're they're supposed to be as lifelike as possible. They're supposed to respond to you and and know what you mean and be able to do things for you and and have their own thoughts. And but they're supposed to serve you. And so maybe in order to have those thoughts it has to there has to have been like a violence thing built in that then gets strategically turned off in some way or fiddled with in some way and so this guy completely turns it off but all that means is that the doll is now capable of committing violence but it's not as clear it's as the initial child's play movie where it's like okay we know this guy is is uh 
eager to commit violence because he's in a shootout at the beginning of the movie. Whereas in this one, it's like this doll is capable of violence, but I don't exactly know how that's going to come out. Is he going to get a a taste for blood and he likes killing? Or um, is it what actually eventually happens where I think Chucky has kind of heartfelt and fascinating motives where he's been bonded to Andy. And so he's, he's killing for Andy. I I think that's really cool. And I love the Texas chainsaw massacre two scene where he, he realizes that the kids are laughing at this idea of violence. And so he grabs a, a knife to try to make them laugh and they're all horrified. And then you get this great shot of, of Chucky who, who to your point, Corey does look really off and, and weird in his design. But I actually think the characterization and the voice acting, um, uh, really fleshes him out and makes me, makes me like the design. Um, and you see him sitting in this room and he's got the, he's got his back to the door and he's kind of like fidgeting with a teddy bear and he looks so sad and Andy goes in and opens the door and Chucky just apologizes and then Andy says, you know, just stay in here, Chucky, and shuts him in the dark room. I'm like, man, I am invested in the relationship between these two characters. So I, I think that whole middle section and, and the, the characterization of Chucky and, and Andy as they develop is really cool. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just didn't didn't really like. I guess I just had a difficult time getting invested in it. I don't particularly know why. This is one of those instances where I'm not prepared to dis- to prescribe an overwhelming amount of blame on the movie itself, and that like I don't think it's atrocious or anything like that. I think that would be going like far too far with it. Uh, but it just like didn't totally land, which is a different thing, right? Like. I'm moving in of good ideas and like relatively good execution and just not super land. But I do think it's lacking in some of that. And I guess I just, that part just didn't super click with me as a brief aside. I will also say that I don't, I have a hard time believing in this world that a product that looks as jacked up as this doll looks is like the most hotly desired technology on the planet. I earnestly just have a hard time believing that. Not that that's like the important part of the movie because it isn't, but just as an aside, like, I don't think the buddy would be this successful if it looked like that in real life. Hmm. Well, they do establish that there are different buddies. You know, maybe the the redhead Chucky one isn't the hottest selling. Maybe it's no. They all look fucked up though. Is like they they're doing a the like the launch of the updated models, but like they all just look like I don't think billions of people would have that in their house. That's the thing where I'm like, I don't see that. I don't know how that would happen. That's not really a critique of the movie. It's more just strictly of the design of Chucky. But like, if they want to make it a tech product like that, um, I just, I don't buy that it would look that way. Right. Going to make it looks, sexier. Yeah, they they should make it more fuckable. Um, I hate that I said that. I don't. I wish I hadn't made that. Joke. Um, <laughs> oh, that Chucky is fuckable. Don't, don't worry. You, you, they didn't show you all his features. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say, uh, I think this is a great use of Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, yeah, she's really strong here. I think. I, I think she gives a typical Aubrey Plaza performance, but I'm here for that. But it's not just the deadpan thing. There's more to it than the deadpan thing, and I appreciate that because it could have just been that. And obviously, she does a lot of that, and she's very good at it. But 
I don't know how many roles we see where she's like I've never seen Aubrey Plaza play a mom or like that kind of like familiarly caring character up until this point. I think it's an interesting contrast in the like the deadpan that sort of comes out in the I hate my job and I'm mostly but not entirely paying attention to my son versus like the earnestly caring for the son angle. I think that that's interesting. She doesn't get to do that a lot. Yeah, I I really like um what they did with the family in this movie um because in the first child's play movie it's also a single mom with a kid but andy is much younger in that movie and yeah, this um, kid's like 15 like <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gotta be close he's gotta be close and i i think it's really and really cool. is like in her 30s so like yeah something- and and they're self-reflexive about that, you know. When she shows uh, the Very Chucky doll to him, he says, "You know, this is this is for kids. This thing is years old. I'm not really into this anymore." Um, and she is also trying to uh, um, have a boyfriend with Shane, and she's trying to to make ends meet at her job. While also, I really love her character as like this cool mom who is younger than most moms and she's and her kid is at the age where like he's concerned about being cool and and things that are cool because he's you know like 13 and so she's a cool mom who's like trying to be cool to her kid and so they just have some really interesting dialogue that i think is uncharacteristic of a lot of these movies where you just have a sort of uh uh placeholder parent um and and a kid who who doesn't have much agency and is just a crying wolf about the the bad thing in this movie i think i think this this does something a bit a bit different by aging up andy and um I don't know how old the actress in the original Child's Play was, but if if it's not aging down that character, it's at least stressing that she is uh, a young mom, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And I also think uh, the kid playing Andy is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's super likable. He seems very natural. He seems uh, it's a really charismatic kid. He is, yeah, and he's he's got a depth. This these these depths of emotion where he can play like uh, annoyed. He can play um, a bit jaded. He can play uh, excited. Um, you know, he's he's he finding can play humor. Tough when, it, when he slugs Omar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, I th- I really think that this is a a fleshed out. Uh, kid performance and and I, I a lot of the movie you're just spending with him and Chucky and I think that it's actually a uh, you know a, a really really interesting dynamic I think they both have more depth to them than than I was anticipating oh and, and I, also and, and that doesn't exist in the first movie either so yeah, I we think also haven't cool. mentioned it but it's interesting that he's also got a hearing aid which yeah you know, they make like narrative relevant but it's not just like a narrative tool it's just sort of like there and I, I, I don't think it's I just, hugely narratively relevant, but it does sort of play a minor role. Like, it, well, I mean, it course, is, but no, but why that's would what it I'm, be? But I'm, but, agree- yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Like, this is what yeah. I'm saying is like it's there, and like it does play to some extent a narrative role, but also it's just there. Yeah. And I mean, like they they bring it in later, where uh, apparently it's a Caslin hearing aid, maybe, or at least Chucky could speak into it somehow. But um, I just think it's it's interesting to just be like. Yeah, we've got a character with a visible disability, and we're not drawing a lot of attention to it. Yeah, I just think that's neat yeah, it's a good choice. To be doing. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then and then it sort of ties into the the social commentary and the eventual eventual horror in the movie where it's a thing that that Andy kind of needs to to function and um he and he can't even have that in the midst of all this this terror because a company owns that as well so yeah. it's uh it's, it's scary don't don't privatize our all of our healthcare folks yeah <laughs> this is our warning <laughs> unless you live in a country where that's already happened in which case i don't know good luck <laughs> i guess godspeed <laughs> um there's some cool looking shots in this movie but i feel like this movie like visually and aesthetically does kind of suffer from 80s horror reboot movie syndrome but with fast modern movie frame rates i don't think this movie's at a different frame rate i don't know if it's at a different frame rate but it's got i feel like when you watch like an 80s movie it you can kind of it looks different i think with the the speed in which things move on i i think you're just catching the vis- the film versus digital discrepancy right like i don't yes. think it's a literal frame rate discrepancy hmm. i might be i don't know i don't think um it. well cuz movies make such a big deal about when they're shot at other frame rates that i don't think that not necessarily this would be movies yeah, often have like different frames like throughout the film as well but there's a standard. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, but what I'm saying, I feel like they make a big huff and a puff when they're not doing the standard. Not necessarily. You have you have in different scenes, right? Like the frame. What rate do you can mean? Change. I don't know what you mean. Like, <laughs> like the standard frame rate is twenty four frames per second, right? But things that right. are shot on digital and digital productions often exceed that uh it, in, in many different ways and different scenes too you might have different frame rates it's not always a consistent 24 right yeah i don't know there's there is a, a like a modernness to it i think there are some really good standout shots though um like i don't think that it's really doing to me it's not really imitating like an 80s aesthetic no, but I feel like a lot of the remakes of those movies themselves look like each other, is more what I mean. It looks like Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like all of those things. Yeah. That, so that's kind of like bland. The The shot in particular, though, where he's standing in the doorway of his bedroom and Chucky had been locked in that like other cabinet and it's like bathed in red light and he's backlit with like a TV glow or something. That looked pretty cool. Sure. I like the shot where uh, they, he, like uh, outside of the store, I think, where. Um... You see that like big store display, and uh, it's just like the silhouette in the display, and it's this big blue screen. It's great. That's nice. Uh, one I liked was um, when Andy goes back into the uh, Zed Zed Mart, right? Zed Mart for yeah. uh, the final. That's, that's confrontation. how you know this movie set in Canada. <laughs> yeah, goes for the final confrontation with Chucky, and he has like this drill kind of thing in his hands. And he walks out in front of a large screen. That's, that's what I was talking about. You did a static. much better job describing. Oh, that's that's what you meant. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and you see Andy's silhouette holding this weapon. Uh, that yeah, really really cool stuff. I, I I don't think this has any scene that compares to in the first Child's Play where uh, a character it's on the poster. A character uh, 
falls out of a, a, a really tall window. But I think this this movie still has some nice touches, and I think um, a lot of the movie is actually just inside this uh this apartment and i i feel the apartment the apartment feels lived in i like the area outside the apartment where the kids hang out and i like that they spend time in the hallways and i like that we kind of get to know the neighbor and her house so it's still it feels very uh lived in to me irresponsibly talking to the police when they don't have to incriminating themselves no i'm just kidding Man, it seems like that detective is the only detective working in the city too, hey? He just keeps showing up at all these murders of like well, he, people he, that he knows. He's on the narratively relevant murder beat. Yes, oh, I like that. <laughs> That's what he's assigned to. You know what kind of, I guess, confuses me in this movie is that I think all the kills are, are really good in, in their staging and their tension. The, but the one that kind of bothers me, I, I think I only noticed it this time around, is um, Brian Tyree Henry? Brian Tyler Henry, Tyree. his Tyree Henry, his uh, his mom. Her character ends up getting got by Chucky by like this automatic car, and God, I that like goes this, on forever. I like the scene. I, <laughs> it's I <do> hilarious. Think <laughs> but what bothers me is that I think every other character um, that Chucky kills in this movie, you could argue deserved it in some way like is sort of sort of a, a morally dubious person except for that character and so i just wonder if if that was intentional and in that one they they were just like well we don't have enough characters and we got to get another kill in here or maybe it wasn't intentional that all his other kills were kind of shitty people and it's just something that that I feel, but like we've got we've got Shane who is living a double life. He's cheating on his family, and he's also uh, abusive to Andy and drinking and then, all of Aubrey Plaza's beers. Oh yeah, just what a piece of shit! That's it's such a great example of uh, creating a terrible character who you know is just going to get got in a terrible way. Uh, just a horror love- movie staple. And uh, I, I love that. And then we got... Um, Why do they have a watermelon patches their entire backyard? Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> weird... And it's like winter as well. It's just... It's like, would those even be growing? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to figure out. And then we have um, the uh, the manager at Zed Mart who, who we learned uh, cheated Wes. on his wife, yeah. Wes. And so he gets killed in a ridiculously awesome way where he's got the mascot head on. Um, I think there's one other one other kill I'm missing besides the the uh, woman in the car. But yeah, I just I wonder what that what that was all about. I kind of like that I was noticing this time. Oh, hey, every everyone Chucky is killing is is uh, sort of shitty. Um, and 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 so maybe oh oh the other one is the creeper who lives in in the uh, apartment building mm-hmm. at the, in the bottom he's like the caretaker that's a great kill and again just a shitty shitty dude that's and they they put time into making sure you know is shitty that's right and so I I, ju- I do wonder about that and maybe maybe it was supposed to show that like now Chucky has like totally uh, gone off the deep end um i think that it also serves the point that uh you know it kind of money laundering a gal a gal like our, our detective of convenience you know who's seemingly always at the crime scenes has now been personally wronged and so he's going to be on the case extra 
hard. I don't know. Little did he know Doreen was up for tax evasion. <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, if we had Chucky stumble upon her tax evasion papers, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I understand what this movie is doing now. <laughs> this is the same as all of the other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are equal crimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. I really like all the kills and particularly Shane's kill. And then what happens with him after that whole idea of him, his face getting put on the watermelon, uh, leather face style, his face getting skinned. And then um, Andy through a comedy of errors giving his neighbor Doreen the face on a watermelon wrapped in as a gift and is trying to make it so that Doreen doesn't open it. I think about that often. Dude, that's my If Beale Street Could Talk. Like, I just think that's such a great horror Man, I can't believe how much setup. they lean into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 thing as well, to the point where they're doing like a Texas Chainsaw riff bit as like a, a central bit. plot point. I just think that's cool. That's a great bit. I think it's it's so much better than people in a horror movies watching Night of the Living Dead like in order to uh learn about horror or to see dark images or just to put themselves in a in a scary fun mood. You know, obviously um they they just had the rights to Texas Chainsaw, but I think more movies should should uh should do that. I, I like building on horror vocabulary like that. And I also, think also there's that, no way it, this many sorry, I did not realize you were going still. No, it's okay. It's okay. I think Texas Chainsaw gets a lot of service in movies though. I didn't want to cut you off though. I think you just got garbled in the in the digital static. I, ju- I just I love that they end up building on Texas Chainsaw uh not only in the um surface level of you know if you've seen uh you don't have to have seen texas chainsaw to understand that chucky is going to grab the knife because it makes them laugh but then uh by doing the face thing i think it's also really cool as a thematic tie-in yeah i'm waiting for the first horror movie that um has the rage carry two on in the background could happen it could happen figure out what studio did it and pitch it yeah because uh I also just don't think that that many people are watching the first night of the living dead is uh, the amount of public domain uses of it in movies would imply. I just don't think that's likely. Right. It's an old black and white movie. Who's watching that shit? Nobody watches those because they're uh, who, all bad. Who watches black and white films? Not me. Sepia tone or bust baby. That's right. There's a whole world of color out there. Yeah, it could not be me watching old movies. Never. Old movies are for old people, and they're all going to die soon, so who cares? (laughs) The ghost goes west. For a movie with two different music credits, I don't remember the soundtrack very well. Yeah, I can't really think of the soundtrack either. I like the buddy song and how that keeps coming up. Um, You are my buddy, you're my best friend, and Andy sings it back to Chucky to distract him. I think that's kind of cute and and creepy and a good a good uh, motif to go through the movie to make it memorable. But otherwise, it's an invisible soundtrack, I think. Yeah, and maybe that was the goal. I will say I was impressed at their restraint in not using synths. I would have anticipated that. Um, I mean, I'm going to backpedal. Of course, it's invisible because it's sound. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, good, good recovery. Um. If Buddy, if Buddy were real, would you buy one? 
Oh, no fuck Yeah, he's fuckable. Bet. No bet. Two very different answers. Yeah, fuck that. Is it after is it aftermarket fuckable or do they come fuckable? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll make it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, I th- I think uh I don't know what Chucky merch was like after the first movie. It might not it probably didn't even really have a chance to get merch because that second one came out so quickly and then that probably blew the doors open. But this this version of Chucky does seem a lot less um distinguished. Yeah. And and so it it would be kind of weird to have this version of Chucky in your house. Like I feel like if anyone bought it without buying a bunch of other little chucky statues first i'd be like wow tell me tell me more about what went into that decision because tell me more about what's wrong with you yeah (laughs) um yeah i would not buy one of these nightmarish dolls i don't even like doing voice commands into my phone though you are you are a big fan of voice to text does that ever creep you out um i try to just compartmentalize it as if it's a different thing even though i think they probably harvest the data all the same um, although I have been doing voice to text a lot less now, uh, after I, you saw this movie, yeah, exactly. No, I mostly did it, um, if I was driving to avoid using my phone while driving. Um, but I've just been trying to just do that less, even if I'm like capable of answering with my voice. I try to just wait, just so, enjoy the road, just try to vibe, yeah. Nice. Listen to the Ch- Child's Play 2019 soundtrack in the car. Yeah. <laughs> that everybody knows and loves. Um, yeah. I find it interesting that they had the rights to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but they could not let Omar play a real video game. <laughs> yeah, maybe they blew all their money. I don't know. Yeah. Also, when are we going to get a slasher movie that's set in Fortnite? <laughs> Or something. Or like hope set never. in Minecraft. <laughs> Hero Brian's coming for you. <laughs> I feel like it'll take like 30 years because you have to get a normal movie about those first. We're only right. now entering the phase where it's like a banana splits movie, but there's a killer. Uh, Winnie, Winnie the, Pooh, the Pooh, but there's yeah. a killer. We gotta wait until Minecraft is public domain. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be a while, but Eight I wouldn't years. rule it out. If you could make a Chucky movie, what would your gimmick be for that? Like following the, if you weren't making the sequel to this movie, like because they show evil Chucky in a box, like where would you want this to go? Um, sorry. So, uh, are we talking about a sequel to this movie or a reboot of our own? I think a se- Let's say a sequel to this one because they show that this movie's Chucky is still alive. Right. So, what would we do with this? Movie? I, yeah. I know what I would do. Yeah. So I would make it so that the town, the whole town is kind of reeling from the trauma of Chucky. Really? And so you son of a bitch. They're, they're kind of like collectivizing this trauma. And then, of course, he comes back. And then they start throwing around this phrase, evil dies tonight. <laughs> Was it, you didn't even try to hide that this is what you were doing. Put him in a trash compactor after a great big procession that stretches for miles. And this is two also, different movies. They also introduce his other character who gets inspired by Chucky in a sewer, as a matter of fact. And, What's their name? Uh, Corey, actually. And he's wow, got, you're not even... 
You're not even differentiating. And uh, he starts dressing like Chuck. Without any. It's kind of weird, like the overalls and the stripes. I don't get it. But he starts doing it. And then he starts dating. That's right. Dating. Aubrey Plaza. Auto, yeah, exactly. And uh, corrupting <laughs> her. And her grandmother will have none of that. And uh, so pretty much, the, yeah, they all team up and put him in a trash compactor. Okay, Liam, do you have a real answer? Maybe. Maybe you don't. That's fine. Well, just... now I'm just fantasizing about that idea. And what would have happened if we if we got to reboot Chucky in that way and it was just David Gordon Green? Would the same thing have happened? Um, I would like to see... Chucky goes to college. Interesting, because we got Chucky in military school. Um, what in the th- yeah in the third movie? Oh my god! But there, Andy is like teenager, high school age, and so I want to see, I want to see, uh, I want to see Chucky, this Chucky, go to college, and like he's going to frat parties. Some some uh some frat dude owns him and thinks thinks he's hilarious and is bringing him along for the ride, and uh, he like sits in class with Chucky because that's like his bit is he's just this guy who's like ironically carrying around this doll, and uh, then there's a cheating scandal, and uh, it turns out he was using Chucky to to cheat on tests, and uh, after he outs Chucky is helping him to cheat on the test mm-hmm. and Chucky starts killing. That's what I want. I actually have an idea. I was being I was like kind of joking. Um, only kind of. Only kind of. I have a genuine idea and I would love to see it as like a Christmas sort of spin but it's Chucky in the North Pole killing the elves and Santa and Mrs. Claus. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. Like it, it, it starts like a Christmas movie um, where Santa is, you know, he has all his his letters that have been mailed to them. So he's going through them, making sure he has all the toys and someone asks for a Chucky doll. And so he gets the Chucky yeah. doll ready in the North Pole. And then that Chucky doll goes rogue. Yeah, and, and, and Chucky pretty slaughters. much like Chucky pretty much kills all of them and then like takes the reindeers or whatever. somehow he gets out of the North Pole and uh, he delivers himself to like a kid. And that's like the end of the movie. Yeah, in Hawaii. He goes yeah. Hawaiian at the end. Yeah, just so you can set the the Ghost Hawaii sequel. <laughs> I think I think in mine maybe Chucky gets bought by a family that it's like a blended family that has a lot of kids in the one house now. And you know, they're trying to get all these dynamics sorted with what all these different kids want to do and there's you know like the two parents and the maid and then there's Chucky in the house sort of helping these kids solve all of their problems. Um and then they also go Hawaiian at the end. <laughs> right. And there's no killing in this version. There's no killing at all. Version. He doesn't no, like that part of the movie. It's just sort of like, yeah. Freaking it's like, Blue Lagoons on the beach. They want to go to the dance or they want to like make it with their sister or whatever. And, you know. Yeah. They fine. discover how fuckable their uh, little brother there's, Chucky <laughs> is. So this franchise can really it can keep going on forever. No wonder there's a TV show. All these ideas are free reign if you're listening, Don. Yeah, these are public domain, Don. Mine's not. I'll press charges. <laughs> uh, Chucky is a lawyer. There's another one. We're just giving these away for free. All this gold. Mm. <laughs> that would be good. My cousin Chucky. <laughs> it's like a courtroom movie. You're on it. Chucky joins a dodgeball team with Justin Long. 
Chucky gets canceled with Justin Long. I think that's what Barbarian is about. <laughs> in your uh, in your Ghost to College idea, I would love to see a scene where Chucky joins the football team, but he's the football. <laughs> he's the football. Oh, that was yes. my thought too. I would love it. Yeah, everyone just starts to like him because he shows how useful he is. That would be great, dude. Yeah, there's a lot. This is a rich vein. And like I, I think it has legs too. This this idea that his safety inhibitors have turned off, and he if he has the memories of uh of what happened to Andy, because I think it's like sort of a different. I think the ending is actually a bit confusing to me, where the Chucky gets red eyes in the box because like it's a different Chucky, right? Because the other one got its head ripped off and demolished, well, but I mean, he just he, turned they might be other doing things sky, evil, right? Like a Skynet sort of thing. Mm. right yeah it could be that so if if he has memories of what happened and he's like he wants to right his wrongs he wants to not kill anymore i like this idea that chucky goes to college and is having a great time but there's a little a little thing inside his heart that is kind of telling him to kill and he doesn't he doesn't want to kill but he knows he's capable of it and he it's it's not his calling but it also just keeps calling to him so I'd be down for a sequel to this movie. I really would. And you know who else is there? Hmm. The Ghoulies. Oh, yes. Ghoulies versus Chucky. <laughs> Ship Goes <it>. to college. <laughs> Need we say more? Uh, well, what we will say is uh, we already know that unfortunately Liam will not be with us next week mm-hmm. um, on account God. of fighting Chucky. Is that what you're doing? Well, now now I'm going to be penning my uh, Chucky goes to college specs. Right. Yeah. You know. You gotta. You know. He's got to cover some time. So, um, what if I pen it first and then submit it and reap all the to who the Midnight Society submit it to what (laughs) Warner Brothers? I don't know. Whoever produces Chucky, (laughs) Orion, (laughs) Elevation Pictures, and Orion and Braun. (laughs) Who did in the nineties? I don't know. Probably who owns the rights. Um. In any case, Liam's not going to be here. So Mitch and I, let's just say, um, I don't want to give too many things away, but let's just say we might get the return of a special format. Pray tell. So think about that. Put that in your pipe and think about it. Um, Now, where could my pipe be? Um, Mitch, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I want to kill the dog. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I want to write the next great American screenplay <laughs> about the doll. The next great American Chucky movie. <laughs> Dude, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> the next great American Chucky movie. <laughs> and it's ironic because a Canadian person wrote it. <laughs> it's North American. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything you'd like to shout out, Liam? Um, well, I have a film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can find me under the name Graham the Mala. Is that who's writing the screenplay? Like, it's a film writing alter ego? <laughs> I th- I think that's what I'll have to do, yeah. Yeah. That's on the... I don't, yeah, I don't want the... my name associated with such Which geek, this show <laughs> geek show nonsense. Geek show nonsense. Merely a paycheck. That's why I write under the pseudonym. Al- the Alan Smithy of screenwriting is Graham the Haunted Marshmallow. 
I'm all for it. Uh, you can uh, check me out on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to two other podcasts that I make. Uh, one is called MK PodQuest. It's where we talk about Tony Toretto's legendary cousin Dom and also Mortal Kombat stuff frequently. Uh, that's with our friend Neil. That's MK PodQuest. You can listen to Strat 2, which is a podcast that I do about Formula 1 with our friend Callum. That's Strat 2F1. All of those things are centralized into the one convenient location of MortalKombatConquest.ca. Uh, with all that out of the way, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word and on Letterboxd at Tamau. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. They made another one? What? They oh made another one? They made another one? That's fucking crazy, bro. Holy shit. <laughs> Taki. <laughs> what was that? Fucky. I don't like that at all. I hate that. Thumbs down. Uh, you can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your Chucky spec script. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find it on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, something is coming next week. And they made another one?